This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we have one of my favorite things in the world to do. We have a repeat guest. I love it when I have guests on again because all of my guests have such great information. Even though the program is an hour long, sometimes we don't get anywhere near through what we need to. And more importantly, things change. We need updates as to what's happening. And my, my guest today was actually on July of 2015. So holy cow, it has been a long time since we have chatted. So Jason, welcome to our program again. Hey, it's great to be back and uh, catch up and it's been four plus long years. So uh, I know. Yeah, Lots it's always of- fun to be back in people's shows like that long and catch up and just... Yep. You know, see, because a lot of podcast shows, I went back a couple years ago and looked at all the podcast shows mm-hmm. I had been on mm-hmm. since like 2013. And, and I probably only say 60% are still there yeah. as a number, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, it's a lot of podcast mm-hmm. shows don't make it. And even the shows, there were a decent amount of shows that had over 100 mm-hmm. episodes that still uh, didn't make right. it. Right. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. You know, I'm, we just celebrated 500 last week, so that awesome. is very cool, and it's because I have such fabulous guests, um, you know, and, and it makes it so much fun, but, you know, let's, let's just jump in, so let me tell people just a little bit about you, and then we really will, will delve into this. So, Jason Troy is a chief people officer and leadership expert who works with managers, employees, and business owners. He provides coaching, workshops, keynote speaking, and other training services. Jason spent 15 plus years in leadership positions, working with industry changers such as Steve Jobs, Reed Hastings, who's the Netflix CEO, and Mark Cuban. He's the best-selling author of Social Wealth, which has sold more than 60,000 copies. More than 25,000 employees are using his culture and team-building game, Cards Against Mundanity. I think I said that right. So please join me again in welcoming Jason to our program. Welcome, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be back again. Great. Well, you know, I, as we said, a lot has happened um, since you were, were on last. But tell us again how it is that you got to you know, doing this as your passion in life. Well, like everyone else that's doing anything entrepreneurial, or really almost I think anyone today doing anything, it's a windy road, right? Mm-hmm. I started out in law school, getting my master's in communications, mm-hmm. and decided that I just didn't love it. Mm-hmm. And then went out west in during the tech gold rush. Mm-hmm. So I got to work with a lot of great people mm-hmm. back in the you know late 90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s. And so that was really opportunistic to be in a place where really it was just a hotbed of thinking mm-hmm. rare times in your life where you're ever going to find trip over super smart people mm-hmm. and great organizations across the board. And then, you know, as a time evolved and I had other organizations and working, I just felt like I loved working with people and solving problems, but the politics and other challenges always got in the way and mm-hmm. personality difficulties and dealing with boards and lack of transparency. And it just seemed like, that it was just better that I start to try to look to do something on my own. And so I just did it as a side hustle, right, and eased into it and then worked on a book as I was doing this. And so then it sort of just evolved over time. And then, you know, as every business does, my business evolved from doing business coaching to doing executive coaching, leadership, right? And then it's doing a lot of teamwork and Mm -hmm. team building and also working with a lot of HR people and you know, business owner. So it's just uh, been fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it really is something that so many people can use, um, you know, whether it's in, you know, your personal life, you know, a lot of what you talk about is, is very important for, you know, dealing with <clears throat> dating <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and relationships, things like that. 
Also, obviously, you know, um, your, your businesses, if you have employees, if you are an employee, volunteering, you know, leading teams as we volunteer. Sometimes that's one of the hardest things to do. You know, I always love it if you have to um, work with people who go, well, I'm not paid, you know, <laughs> you're not paying me to do this. Um, and, and so it, they're obviously doing it as a passion in many cases, but sometimes, you know, it is, it is tricky. And so it is about building teamwork and, and you know, having uh, really those that cohesion that ties everybody together and in this day and age you know it's it's very difficult um, you know and, and I love your book I reread it again um, social wealth and uh, it was interesting because of course we're not talking social wealth as in how many Facebook friends do you have how many LinkedIn connections do you have it's your your overall social wealth so tell us a little bit more about this because you know it, it, as I was rereading the book last night it's just fascinating to me yeah, well, I mean, it's about creating deep, meaningful relationships with people mm -hmm. and then tapping into those relationships and the people behind them, right? Your indirect network. And at the end of the day, your social wealth is determining everything in your life, right? Personally mm -hmm. or professionally. It's all about relationships because mm -hmm. we don't do anything by ourselves. And now we're more dependent than ever on other people. Mm -hmm. And so your ability to create those relationships and build them quickly mm -hmm. And with a lot of depth and meaning and being able to tap into them is really difficult today because everything's so trans so quick, right? Mm -hmm. Transient, right? Everyone wants to see the highlights. No mm -hmm. one wants to share. And also our social communication and emotional skill sets mm -hmm. are the lowest they've ever been mm -hmm. in being developed. Right. So it makes all of this really difficult and in a time when we need it the most. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to, you know, the book is really a how-to book. It's not mm -hmm. a 300-page book that gives you a thousand different examples and right. stories to take it up. It's really, I, I created it for people, anywhere in the world, if they had it, they would, could be successful. Mm -hmm. And they could create it and understand why it would work and how to do it pretty quickly mm -hmm. and understanding the things to tap into people that would work the best, whether mm -hmm. you're an introvert whether you're shy, whether you're socially awkward. I mean, I wrote it for more of that. And then mm -hmm. I, the extroverts could take the other pieces and run with it because mm -hmm. they already have a lot of these skills right. built out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But end of the day, it's about repetitions. Mm -hmm. It's like I tell people, there are people that only go to the gym once a month and they look like they go seven days a week. But that's like 0.001%, mm -hmm. right? The rest of us have to go whatever amount we go is how in shape we are. Well, mm -hmm. when it comes to building relationships with other people mm -hmm. and especially business relationships, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. The more you get out there and do it, the better you'll be at it. And you don't have to go out there that much, but you do enough in order to create that. Mm -hmm. And that's the things that happened, right? Because like, like we're on the show, you know, four years later mm -hmm. because we did something four years before, mm -hmm. right? And so that's an important part of relationships is that most of the time you'll tap into these things and you won't necessarily use them for five, 10 right. years or maybe 15 or 20. You don't mm -hmm. know. And so you have to build a certain amount up and numbers do mm -hmm. matter, right? Mm -hmm. When people tell me they don't, then I go back and say, well, you're not really being real mm -hmm. because you have to be like Johnny Appleseed and plant a lot of seeds because mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to sprout. And right. if you live in with only a few people that you know, your odds are way less successful that you're going to find your answers through those people rather mm -hmm. than having a lot of them. Because you just mm -hmm. never know who are the people that are going to add value to their life or that you can help as well. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and it was funny. I was kind of mocking Facebook and LinkedIn, you know, as, as we started, but that was in 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 one way deliberate because things like that have obviously taken away our ability to to have those deep relationships um you know and and so people do get caught up in well you know i must be well connected because i have 3000 connections on linkedin okay how many of those people do you actually know how many of them would respond if you called them or emailed them? You know, and, and that number really is probably pretty small. So, you know, we get caught up in this trap of, 
you know, we can sit at our computer and build relationships when we're really not building relationships. Um, yeah, those, those are great. And those are obviously tools that are part of this because yes. we've all made great connections from our Facebook friends, from LinkedIn connections, all of those various things. But it's just a piece of the puzzle. It is. And the point of all of those online mediums is to get them offline. Right. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. People don't understand that. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you make a LinkedIn connection, right. And I have people like I'm going to go to Atlanta another month. Well, mm -hmm. and probably in a couple of weeks, I'll send out meeting requests to meet with people. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And grab coffee with them because mm -hmm. if you can't put face to face, it's hard mm -hmm. to make it real. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times when you're making LinkedIn or other people, there's a small fraction of those people that you're going to meet with and not necessarily because of anything you're doing. It's because they're not using the medium, right? Mm -hmm. And they're unwilling to meet right. for a lot of other reasons, mm -hmm. right? So it is a numbers game even on there because mm -hmm. your percentage of getting people um, to even have a conversation with you, even if you didn't discuss business and all you discussed was other things, mm -hmm. it still would be low. Right, right. Right, because most people, they look at it as having these connections, as having some value, when the re reality is the value is zero mm -hmm. until you meet face-to-face -face right. or have a real conversation, mm -hmm. and then there's something being created. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem that's occurring, is mm -hmm. people have a false sense that they actually have something when they really don't. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you have to start getting out there and accessing it, right? And utilizing the tools, mm -hmm. but then getting them in person and building their relationships. Mm -hmm. But if you get them in person, now the question is, well, what do you do? Right. Because you yeah. have very little time, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. end of the day, when you meet with someone in that interaction, you have to take that relationship from a point of either being zero or maybe someone's a little skeptical, mm -hmm. right? Of going in it, or they could be mm -hmm. a lot really skeptical, mm -hmm. right? Wherever they are. Yeah, they're going mm -hmm, the whole time, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to take that and really put it so it is probably on a scale of one to five, or, you know, for it being, or zero to five, mm -hmm. right? And instead of on the negative side mm -hmm. and the positive side, you probably got to take that relationship to a four or a five. Mm -hmm. Do they have any chance to do a next step with that person? Mm -hmm. Right. That bar's pretty that that's a pretty high bar that mm -hmm. people walk into that they don't really realize is what they're required to mm -hmm. do because that person has a whole set of people they're dealing with in their life. Mm -hmm. And you have to get into either their inner circle, mm -hmm. which is a high bar, or pretty close to it for them to want to interact with you again and put mm -hmm. enough urgency the next time you reach mm -hmm. out to make time for you. Mm -hmm. So right. What, the question people always have is, how do I do that and how do I get there, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't, well, then that's why you're not having success mm -hmm. in your business, in your personal life, right? Because they all bleed together. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is about that conversation that, that you have with them. And, and in doing it, the way that deepens that relationship. Um, you know, and, and it was funny when I was reading your book last night, of course, one of the things that we should never say to somebody what we always say to somebody is, so tell me what you do. <laughs> you know? and, and of course, there are ways to ask that without being just, you know, tell me what yes. you do. Um, you know, and, and yeah, and, and so it's, it, 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 now we're not talking, you know, the TMI type of questions, you know, even if it's a first date, <laughs> you know, but it is questions designed to know a little bit more about them. And I, I loved in your book how you were talking about some of those and, you know, whether it's that you're actually having coffee with them or maybe it's just, you know, you're at a networking thing and, and they're fun things to talk about that are, you know, and, and to ask them that are a little bit different. So give us some of those examples because again, I thought I really liked them. Yeah. So, I mean, I like to ask people, so what are you most excited about in your life right now? Mm -hmm. Right? Like what future fun do you have coming up that you're really excited mm -hmm. about in your life? Right? If you could do a, what's on your left on your bucket list. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love to ask people questions that get them to talk about the things that they really care about mm -hmm. and the things that they love. Mm -hmm. Because they're most passionate about those things. And we don't know if that's about their business. And usually when there is, there's 
other stresses attached to it. Right. It also looks like you're fishing to try to get something mm-hmm. from them. And that puts people on the defensive mm-hmm. really quickly. But right. when you talk about something that they're not used to having people talk about, mm-hmm. which is the things that they're really excited mm-hmm. about in their life and start asking questions about those mm-hmm. things, you can have a lot of fun with that mm-hmm. and really get to know them and learn a lot of information mm-hmm. that you couldn't normally learn. Right. And the most important thing in that conversation is for you to talk 20 to 30% and then mm-hmm. 70 to 80. Yep. Because oh, yeah. they'll never They're listening. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the problem is no one listens to anyone. Right. So you'll stand out immediately by saying almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't have to oversell mm-hmm. or tell people that because enough people are doing that. And so mm-hmm. you're just one amongst many. Mm-hmm. But if you really get to know them, all that information can be really useful in further conversations, mm-hmm. either personally, right, and professionally mm-hmm. as you're interacting with them. But you have to get to know the things that they really care about and they're mm-hmm. most passionate about, right, in their right. life. And I, I like to ask th- those types of questions mm-hmm. because that's really what they're going to start to a- answer, mm-hmm. right? Or, or even if you ask mm-hmm. them, so what are you most passionate about mm-hmm. right, in your career, Right. right. And then at least then they're talking mm-hmm. about the aspect of what they do that they really love. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, you're going to know what they do, mm-hmm. right? You don't, because if you ask them a typical interview question, mm-hmm. here's what happens when they do that in your brain in the background goes off this little voice that says, Oh my God, another boring conversation from someone asking me interview questions. Mm-hmm. Let me go to sleep. And you literally go on autopilot mm-hmm. and, don't even remember what they tell you because they're totally checked out Mm -hmm. and they're starting to think about other things. And when Mm -hmm. you do that, you completely lost them. They have no interest and the ability to reel them back in, even if you ask the right questions, Mm -hmm. is extremely low. Because I ask people what goes on in their head Mm -hmm. when I wrote the book and asked thousands of people as I interviewed them and really asked them what made them really stay engaged and mm-hmm. what all had happened and then sort of pieced it together from mm-hmm. there and the things that I had been doing and asking. And that's really it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think when people start to think about it like that and, and ask themselves, well, what are the questions you'd love someone to really ask you mm-hmm. if they could read your mind? They would be questions like that because that allowed you to actually share the mm-hmm. things that you want and would give you an opportunity to talk about what's on your agenda and what you cared about, not what the other person mm-hmm. wants to talk about or how they want to shape the conversation. Right. Yeah. And it's funny, as you were talking, what I was thinking about was that we've so ingrained in ourselves that especially in a business setting, we have to talk business. You know, and so we have to ask, tell me what you do to, you know, all of those various things. And what we have done is we've lost the art of just the small talk, the banter. You know, I love in your book, you talk about banter. And I was thinking, I don't know about some of those, but, um, but yeah, it, it, and, and that really is how we start to develop trust and build those relationships is that small talk, you know, and, and, you know, one of the, the, the questions that you suggest is to ask somebody, so what are your plans for the weekend? You know, and because it's probably not going to be business. That might be, but you know, all of those little things and, and it can be something as simple as, oh my gosh, I love that tie. Um, you know, where did you get it? Maybe it was a gift from their child, from their father, you know, and, and then you get to delve further into that. And if they don't want to go that far, I mean, you can tell pretty much right away. You know, you, you'll, you'll get the little body language thing. They'll start doing the, you know, gazing off and, you know, looking for someone they know, all of those, which just, that's, yeah, that's fine. You know, then you move on to the next person. If you get resistance, you'll know. Mm-hmm. But it's better to start asking those types of questions mm-hmm. and having them because you'll start to dig deeper. Right. And what happens is you actually dig way deeper into the person. Mm-hmm. Right, because if you talk about business, everyone's going to keep you very surface level. Right, and they're waiting to be sold to. Yes, and that already puts the defenses Mm -hmm. up. And your point is, you want to get deep, right? Mm -hmm. So if you say to someone, "Oh, I really love that tie," and let's say they just said, "Oh yeah, I just got a great deal on the tie," then you could say, perhaps you have something. Oh yeah, well I got you know, a bracelet, a necklace or something Mm -hmm. like that from, you know, one of my kids on Mm -hmm. Mother's Day or my birthday. Mm -hmm. And it was really special because it's my birthstone, Mm -hmm. right? That, what that does at that point, 
that allows you to be vulnerable and open right. up. And what happens then is that then it makes safe for, it tells the other person it's safe for mm-hmm. them to share, right? So although they may not have shared and said anything meaningful, anything of mm-hmm. any substance or death, it allowed you to do it, which makes it significantly higher the next question you ask, you're going to get a much deeper answer right. from it, right? It's psychological. Mm-hmm. If you look it up, vulnerability, mm-hmm. people share more when they feel mm-hmm. like it's a safe space. And often what happens is, is that most people, they need someone else to give them permission, mm-hmm. right? Right. That's why if you're, you, you're around a leader or a boss, if a leader steps in a room and they immediately say to someone, if they're giving a speech, look, I need all your help. I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Here's a plan, but I want your input. And you really know that that's mm-hmm. true, right? right? Not some you know, mm-hmm. made up thing. Your people will engage more. Mm-hmm. They will give more suggestions. They will throw things out, right? Which will mm-hmm. make everything significantly better. Right. But if that leader doesn't say that, mm-hmm most likely people will not open up and share. Mm-hmm. Right. So all of this stuff is very strategic and the little moves you make, it can really make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And once you understand this stuff, it's pretty easy. We're talking about it and it's, you know, to explain it. But when you do it, it goes back mm-hmm. really quickly with people and you just keep going with it. And it's pretty obvious because mm-hmm. 93% of communication is nonverbal. Right. So you'll know when you start asking it. Mm-hmm whether people are going to participate or not, because you'll get that sixth sense inside, mm-hmm. right? And you'll notice them. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then leave and go on to the next person, right? right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's life, right? Mm-hmm. It's a numbers game when you go out and meet people. Mm-hmm. And you can't take it personally. Because yeah. if you look at great salespeople, they look at it as though they talk to 30 people and maybe mm-hmm. they sell to three. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that I sold to three. Mm-hmm. But most people look at it and say, oh, look at the 27, 27. that didn't buy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? They're focusing on the wrong mm-hmm. thing. Right. So that's another part of this whole challenge mm-hmm. is that we have to get off of what other, because mm-hmm. we make stories in our head. Those people mm-hmm. don't want to talk to us because we're boring, we're awkward. Mm-hmm. When the reality is, it's probably that they are worried about something. They mm-hmm. felt like they have to get right. home. They're yeah. nervous, right? Mm-hmm. All these things that have zero to do with you or anything mm-hmm. that you said or anything else in mm-hmm. the stories and the false narratives we make up about the world around us cause us more problems than really uh-huh. any other single uh-huh. thing. Right. And, and we do, I mean, you know, the second it's not exactly what we expected. We make up, you know, to, to fill that in. They didn't like me. They, you know, all of those various things. And it could be that, you know, there's, and, and you know, usually is that there is something so unrelated that, yeah, you're never going to know about it. Um, you know, and, 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 but that's where maybe getting that little vulnerability in there is, is good. Um, yeah, you know, it and it gives them up. the option to open up. It allows them to possibly say to you, look, uh, you know, I'm sorry if I'm distracted, right? Yeah. I'll have people say to me, like, I really, I have to get home cause mm-hmm. you know, deadlines mm-hmm. or my kids need me or something else. Mm-hmm. And then you know what? Then you've eliminated everything. Cause now they're right. telling but they, but until you're vulnerable, mm-hmm. no one's going to open and share that with you mm-hmm. typically, right? Because they're embarrassed or they're mm-hmm. feeling like that's awkward or that's and it's not bad. business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So all of that stuff it makes it really difficult for mm-hmm. people to do it. So that's the key in a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Try to find ways to open people up and start sharing, and mm-hmm. often it requires you to take that first step. Mm Because if you wait around for other people, you're going to be waiting the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And you really are going to be missing out on Mm -hmm. a lot of opportunities and things that are beneficial for you. And especially if you're an introvert or you're shy or Mm -hmm. socially awkward, right? You've got to use every opportunity because Mm -hmm. those are the ones that'll help you. And Mm -hmm. then you'll have to do less like numbers because you'll get a lot more out mm-hmm. of the interactions you currently have. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what? And if you are, you know, an introvert and, and, or uncomfortable in this situation, whatever, when you've turned it back where they're doing the majority of speaking, it's a lot that's easier. obviously going to, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, but it, it is tricky because we're not quite sure what to share and how to share it. Um, you know, and, and as you said, it's, you know, kind of the, what would, you know, I'm not going to ask somebody, 
to share something that I wouldn't share myself. And I think maybe that's the, the easiest way to, to think about it. So, you know, it is, you know, what are you doing this weekend? Or, you know, maybe I'm you know, picking something and they're like, what? Oh, my, you know, my cat got near me and now I have cat hair on me. You know, and, and so then they could talk about pets that they have. Or, you know, as you mentioned, you've got the bracelet from your child. You know, all of those various things. So it is still kind of a superficial level. But, you know, if you just met them, you're certainly not going to ask the, the really in-depth, you know, detailed questions. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, would you walk up to somebody right away and say, would you marry me? No, no. You know, you still have to, to develop that. that yes, um, especially if you're one-on-one with people. But, right. it allows you to, but it allows you to inch, inch deeper in. Mm-hmm. And you can get a lot deeper once you have a wedge and the door is open, mm-hmm. right? So if someone asks you about a pet, Mm-hmm. And they talk about their pet dog saying, oh, how long did you get that dog? Mm-hmm. Where'd you get it? Right. You know, is that your first dog? Mm-hmm. And that is very an emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. And they'll start to open up more and more and more mm-hmm. and you'll get much deeper with them. Right. And so it's a way in mm-hmm. for you then to pivot off of that topic mm-hmm. and ask them other things right. and then move really quickly. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So it's like you've got to uh, crawl before you can walk, before mm-hmm. you can run, but you can do all three in one conversation. Right. You do it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those right. people are thinking, oh, it's all about small talk. No, it's that you have mm-hmm. to spend a little bit of time opening people up mm-hmm. and asking more questions to start getting deeper. Mm-hmm. But you can get pretty deep with people pretty quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've all done that. We've all met someone within five or 10 minutes and we felt like we've known them all their life, right? right? And we've had those moments, right, where we've connected with people on a much deeper level. Mm -hmm. But those are challenging because they really don't happen as much as we'd like them to. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just have to find ways to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and then, of course, what's critical in all of this is the going forward part, Um, you know, and and remembering what they told you. And maybe, maybe you can remember, but for most of us, we need to write it down, um, you know, and, and then and then using that in the future as a way to stay in touch. Oh, you know, all these various things. I, you know, as as we were talking about this, I was thinking about yesterday. So a lot of people who know me, especially if they are my friend on Facebook, know that I have beagles. Um, we raise beagles, we show beagles, all these various things. And so I talk about them every once in a while, you know, and or sometimes maybe more than every once in a while. But yeah, people know that I have beagles. Yesterday, three people on Facebook sent me the exact same video about a beagle. And, you know, and, and, and it was just, hey, I saw this. I thought it was cute, you know, you know, and, and so that gave them a way to, to, you know, have contact with me yesterday, yes. um, you know, and, and whether it's a business thing where you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, I remember that you were talking about, you know, this new trend in iPhones or whatever. It, it's a way to reach back out to people. And, you know, and, and I think that's, that's very important because it's not just let's meet them. Let's get their business card. Let's get their phone number. It's now what the heck do you do with it? Yeah. You have to stand out some way. And anytime you can get a wedge to open the door, you have to use it mm-hmm. because you never know where that's going to lead you. Mm-hmm. And that's the great thing about creating these relationships, mm-hmm. right? And it's the same thing in business as you're meeting with potential clients, with mm-hmm. customers, if you're a solopreneur, a small business owner, right? All of these things are about building relationships with the people you work with, right? And the people you interact with. Mm-hmm and the people in the world around you. And the deeper and the more meaningful you can create those connections and the faster you can do it, mm-hmm. right? That's where the magic lies. Right. And that's where the challenge is today, right? I was reading stats, a bunch of research, um, as I'm doing a lot more speaking or my fall s- sessions over the summer, and that soft skills now, 92% or more of organizations look at them as the most important skills mm-hmm. o- over hard skills. Right. And they're much more difficult to obtain and they're worried about creating a workforce mm-hmm. of the future based on acquiring those skill sets. Mm-hmm. And if you looked at LinkedIn's talent assessment, almost all of the top skill sets are all soft skills. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And they're all more difficult because you have to experience them. Hard skill you can learn and apply. Mm-hmm. It's not the same with a soft skill. Right. right? So mm-hmm. those are the ones that you need to acquire because those are the ones that separate you out in mm-hmm. business. Right. And so yeah. if you practice them, you don't get better at them. Right. 
Yeah. And, and it's just like a muscle, you know, we, we, you don't just start lifting 200 pounds, you know, you, you have to work up to it. Now I'm never going to lift 200 pounds, but 20 might even be a challenge, but yeah, you, you do have to, to, and things aren't always going to go right. I mean, that's the, the thing to remember too, is, you know, we're, we're going to stumble, we're going to fall, but it is making that little connection. Um, I remember when I was teaching uh, people how to, to do interviews, you know, and, and interviewing skills, one of the things that somebody told me that I liked that then I passed on was, you know, you're in an interview with somebody and, and it only works really if you're in their office, look around. You know, what is, is there a photo, a something in there that's personal? You know, maybe it's a, a picture of their child at a soccer tournament, um, you know, and, and then you can say something about that. And then, you know, since you're always supposed to send a follow-up, you can say, you know, good luck to your daughter in her soccer tournament this weekend. You know, those little things, because most people won't do that. So it's, it's exactly as you said, it's going to set you apart when you do that. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference on what goes on with other people. And when interviewing, you know, my own clients, I help them do behavioral questions. Mm -hmm. And most of the interviews are set up like that. And they have hard skill sections. And as I write out the interview scripts for them to use, now that we're using behavioral ones, almost Mm -hmm. all of them across the board say the same thing. Mm -hmm. The people we've used to hire, we will not hire now. And our retention rates going up and we're hiring better employees because mm-hmm. we're under better understanding their behaviors, their values. Mm-hmm. Will they fit into the culture that we have? Not being that they're all mini me's, mm-hmm. but will they support the people around them? Do they value teamwork, mm-hmm. right? Are they on the same level all of us are at? Mm-hmm. And it eliminates a lot of the problems, the issues, the mm-hmm. back talk, right? The gossip. Right. And you filter all of those people mm-hmm. out by asking them really hard questions mm-hmm. about their behaviors, mm-hmm. right? And things that they value, right? And challenges in their own life mm-hmm. and, and create opportunities because people never get asked these questions. So right. when you're asked an interview, it becomes really difficult mm-hmm. to answer them because mm-hmm. you're used to answering, okay, what are your greatest strengths? Mm-hmm. What's your greatest weakness, right? Yeah. Right. But if you ask a question like, so tell me a time you had a conflict on a team. Mm-hmm. right? In your, in your last position. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with that conflict and what was the outcome? And to walk me through the process. Mm-hmm. Well, that tells you a lot about the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Tell me about your top three mm-hmm. values and why you pick them. Mm-hmm. Right. Tell me what teamwork looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And how did it work in your last position? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and you, as you said, you're getting to know them at a much deeper level. Um, you know, it is a little tricky, especially in a job interview situation, because there are, you know, obviously questions you cannot ask people. Um, yes. You know, your, your office might be very family oriented, but you can't ask someone about, you know, well, so are you planning to start a family soon? No, <laughs> you know? no. Um, yeah. but you know, there are, are ways that, that you still can, you know, can ask questions without crossing those lines. Um, you know, and, and let's be honest, that is sometimes where social media does come in handy because you, you could reach research them in advance. Um, I tell people, you know, if, if you have applied for a job, your first interview is what they find online, you know, and if they like that, then you'll be brought in for an, an actual interview. Um, you know, so they're looking at your Facebook profile. They're looking for, you know, obviously LinkedIn. And, and it's okay to put some personal things in there too, um, you know, without, you know, a, again, d- divulging too much. But, you know, it, it's all part of that. And, you know, maybe it's not a job interview. Maybe it's a potential client. Maybe it's just, hey, you know, business associates. It's okay to have gone to Facebook to look at all these various things. I just always tell people, let them know, hey, I saw on your Facebook page that you just went on vacation. Oh my gosh, sounds great. Tell me about it. Because you don't want them to think you're stalking them. You know, so go ahead and say, I saw on Facebook that, that you did this. Or, um, you know, I, was, I actually was talking to a delightful woman yesterday uh, about her LinkedIn profile. And she recently went on a mission a- in South Africa. And it changed her life changed how she's going to be doing business, all of these various things. And I said, you know what? I would put something like that on LinkedIn. 
Um, you know, and, and because it is very much a part of her. So now you don't need to go into detail, but you can, you know, you, it is, it is okay to put that on LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, it's, we can, we can do a lot of research in advance because then we can ask those questions that are, are going to take us to that next level. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And I think it's the same thing. When it comes to building great teamwork, right, with mm-hmm. the people that have teams in their own businesses or even building relationships mm-hmm. with your clients and or partners mm-hmm. and the people inside of their business, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to find ways to open them up. Mm-hmm. You've got to find ways to really get to know them in depth, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple years ago, I started to do research because you know, one of the most challenging thing is how do you build great teams, right? People always talk about culture and people mm-hmm. talk about teamwork and team building. And I thought to myself, okay, well, let's really delve into it. And I found the biggest problem is that when you ask successful people that build large businesses or really successful or running large teams, they have a very difficult time explaining how they did it. Mm-hmm. It's very ad hoc. And oftentimes when they go to the next thing they're doing, they are unable to replicate what's mm-hmm. going on because they haven't developed the science behind it. Right. It's more of an, a true art and mm-hmm. it is a lot of circumstance and other things that created all of these things up. And that was a difficult thing I'd found, right? Even mm-hmm. the research was very haphazard mm-hmm. across the board of how do you actually engineer this, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's anything in business. If mm-hmm. you can't replicate it, if you can't operationalize it's not real. it, mm-hmm. it's not real, mm-hmm. right? Because then it's just like willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt like a lot about this. And I feel like now even having these conversations with people that are in charge of large organizations and doing it, you'll get 50,000 answers from 50,000 people on how mm-hmm. to do it right? There's very little consistency across the board. And as I started to look into it, I thought, well, what we do in our personal life is the same thing we should be doing in our business life because we're all people. Right. And what I started to find in the research was that all of these team building exercises, we were talking about this before, and all these teamwork things are all predicated on you feeling a high level of trust with people mm-hmm. that you would walk through walls for mm-hmm. them and vice versa. And that deep emotional connection with them that you know them mm-hmm. and they know you. And that is the magic sauce, right? Is to cre- recreate that feeling. Mm-hmm. But the question is, how do you do that? And how do you do that really quickly? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the place where people need to think about in their own business because that is how you're going to do that with anyone you come in contact mm-hmm. with, whether in, inside your business or outside of it. And one of the things that I came across when I was doing this was I, was, I read this article in the New York Times, and it's about a woman who fell in love. And she went to a bar, and she used these questions that she was going on a date with um, and asked them, and they ended up getting married. Mm-hmm. And so I was really intrigued to go and say, well, what are these questions, right? right? Because mm-hmm. that's a natural thing that you mm-hmm. would click on it. So I read this study by Professor Arthur Aaron back in 1997, and he was trying to build interpersonal closeness between people. So he got graduate students together that were complete strangers and didn't know each other and had them sit down in front of each other. And he did various exercises. Mm-hmm. And one of them he did was he had them ask 36 questions, and they were in uh, blocks of 12, and they mm-hmm. became more vulnerable mm-hmm. as you went through. Mm-hmm. And then third block of questions, one of them, were, uh, one of them was, uh, uh, tell me three things that you like about me, uh-huh. which over 45 minutes, that's pretty hard, right? right? You met that person. Mm-hmm. And, and you, it's one-on-one, so mm-hmm. you have to look in them and say things. But what was really crazy at the end of this is they did a pre and post study and 30% of the people rated the relationship that they just created with a complete stranger as the closest relationship in their life. Whoa. In 45-ish minutes. That means I could take anyone listening to this Mm -hmm. down to a coffee shop Mm -hmm. and I could find a best friend Mm -hmm. and I've done it before and it works. Because vulnerably sharing with individuals mm-hmm. is how we rocket trust mm-hmm. closeness, right? And that is the secret sauce mm-hmm. for all great relationships mm-hmm. we end up having, 
right? right? And so from there, one of the things that I tested out was, okay, well, it's great if we do a one-on-one, but we talked about this before. The challenge with doing this one-on-one with people is there is a haphazardness, meaning that the other person may not reciprocate or go as in-depth, right? And that could cause a whole host of challenges of that mm-hmm. allowing you to open up. Right. But my question was, how would this work in a group, right? Mm-hmm. Because he did not do a group setting, and actually I reached out and asked him, and they just wasn't something that he was testing on. Mm-hmm. And so I got a group of people together to test this out, uh, just a Tex-Mex restaurant, and I used his questions at the time, and I went through 12 of them, and I was pretty shocked to see what people were willing to share. And all these people, I did not know any of them, they were not Facebook or LinkedIn connected, and I got someone else to invite the mm-hmm. people along. And then I wanted to leave after an hour and going through a third of them and people were really demonstrative and like, we want to play the rest of these questions. Mm. And so I sat there for three Mm -hmm. hours going through this. And I thought to myself, like, this is pretty incredible. These people are sharing things Mm -hmm. that I would never, like, I think to myself, like, I don't think I'd ever share this in front of Mm -hmm. other people, right? And they were just openly sharing Mm -hmm. it almost with no filter. Mm -hmm. And I was extremely surprised. Mm -hmm. And so then I did it with two other groups in the same situation Mm -hmm. in the next few weeks and the same things happened. And I started to realize that the secret sauce in life is vulnerably sharing in groups. Mm -hmm. And when you can get that, that's really where the magic happens because you connect with people on an experience and an emotional level. Mm -hmm. And what you can do in a very short period of time is take someone who is a complete stranger and put them in your inner circle. Mm -hmm. And they will then treat you as though you are in that place. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where the magic lies for all of us to do it. And if we start to do that with questions, then I created a game, Cards Against Mundanity, that I ended up creating mm-hmm. and using it in teamwork and in my speaking. And it's pretty magical when I got into this at the conferences because I put people in small groups. They don't know each other. Mm-hmm. And then I'll ask a question to then um, after they play it for, you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes at the most, I'll say, so how many people at work could answer these four to six questions that you went through and know the answers that you would give? Mm-hmm. Like no one raises their right. hand almost right. mm-hmm. ever. And I said, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. The people you work with know very little about you. Right. Mm-hmm. And how can you do your greatest work if no one knows mm-hmm. who you are? And your likes, preferences, experiences, heartbreaks, and achievements. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and let's be honest, you know, even if you're married in a relationship, you know, whatever, you, pro- you may still spend more time every day with the people that you work with, um, you know, because we're going to take out the time that you're asleep you know, so you're with that person while you're asleep, but you're not talking to them. Um, and, and so the time that you're actually interacting with someone is probably, in, in, in many cases, much more with the people that you work with. And so when, when we're just in our little cubicles, our little boxes, and we're not interacting with people, you know, it's, it, you can't build trust. You can't now, you know, we're, it's, it's tricky because you know, we, you still have to do your work, you know, and, and that's what a lot of your bosses are going to worry about is that you get so carried away with being friends and sharing that you're not getting the work done. No, no, no. When it's done right, you're going to do the work better. Yes, you'd be much more efficient in what mm-hmm. you're doing too and effective. And the problem is that lack of communication right? Costs, they looked at studies per employee per year, anywhere from four to $10,000 on miscommunications and misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. So when you alleviate all those things, you're much more efficient in the things that you're doing. So you have more time. And plus, mm-hmm. if someone's at work 10 hours, they're mm-hmm. not working 10 hours straight anyway. So right. for us they're to have chatting that at some be, point, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, or they're distracted or mm-hmm. they're not doing it. So mm-hmm. to believe that that's the case, and I rarely ever see that be the case, mm-hmm. right? The only time you see that is actually the opposite when people are gossiping mm-hmm. and they're complaining. And that's right. when they're really And that's when time. you've got a problem. That's when you have the problem, mm-hmm. right? That's when you have lack of trust and mm-hmm. lack of transparency. But that's how you have to do that with people. And if you don't create that, that's why the reason is that this is so important mm-hmm. is because we need the connection and belonging more than ever living in the world we are. Mm-hmm. And work is where we spend most of right. our time. So if right. we don't have it, when people talk about finding their purpose or creating an impact, 
what they're really saying is I lack connection or belonging at work mm-hmm. and understanding why it matters that I show up. Well, the first place it matters it shows up is to the people around you, mm-hmm. right? Because the reality is I talk to people that are manufacturing nails and hammers and other things like that, and they're excited about it and because of the people and the culture. Mm-hmm. But you talk about people that are in medical fields creating drugs, saving people's lives, and I've talked to many of them who feel like it just doesn't matter. Right. So it really isn't about mm-hmm. the organization and what they do. It's more about the people that you're around mm-hmm. that will create that feeling and will create that purpose. And I feel right. like a lot of times we're looking at the leaf on a tree and not mm-hmm. the root. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing you do is really look at those relationships and find ways to really dig deeper and create them. Mm-hmm. And the first way is just to start and ask questions and do it in a group, which is the fastest, quickest, easiest mm-hmm. way to do it. Um, outside of that, it's chance. And mm-hmm. then that's why you have the problems that you have with people right. is because they don't know you well enough. Mm-hmm. And the people that know you well enough communicate better, collaborate, resolve conflicts, et cetera, with you significantly better. And they're willing to take leaps of faith with mm-hmm. you. They're willing to you know, work with you on failures and mistakes, but other people aren't. So all of those things require you to deep, trusted relationships mm-hmm. with every single person. And if you right. don't have them, you have to go back to the drawing board and create it because your success is dependent on those relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and in a business setting or, you know, volunteer group or whatever it is, you know, yeah, you go, you do your job, you know, you do, and that's, you know, that's what they want. But when you have connected with the people around you, you want them to be successful too. So then it's going to up your game for doing your job better and and it just kind of feeds and and does all of that um you know and and so it's not just i'm going to go i'm going to do my job i'm going to you know put my little my little widgets in this box and leave it's like well no no i really care that jason has you know is successful too so what can i do to help jason become yes. successful and you know and, and that's really where that all ties together and you know and and you know i i love the concept of this game and and we were talking before the program about how this works because you know i read through the the cards last night and my first thought was oh i'm not sure i'd want to answer some of these um but what you pointed out is is exactly what you just said when we're in a group it is easier to share, which is kind of bizarre, but it's kind of like, well, we're all in this together, you know, so it's okay that I answer these. And then one of the most important things, if not the most important thing is that the leader goes first and kind of sets that tone. Yes, because it shows you that it's okay Mm -hmm. because they wouldn't do it otherwise. Right. Right. And it's the same thing. What happens is that whenever you have a failure or a challenge, if the leader goes and says, look, you know, we're having some challenges. Look, I'm not infallible here. There's things I need to work mm-hmm. on better. And I don't have all the answers. Right. And together we can figure mm-hmm. it out, but individually we can't. Mm-hmm. Right. If someone said something like that and you were in that group, think about how you'd respond better than mm-hmm. if the person said, you know, we got to get our numbers up. Right. We got to figure you this out. You haven't right? been doing your you job. Have, you know, everyone here hasn't been doing their mm-hmm. job. Right. Okay, well, the second way, most people would sit back in their chair and recoil. Mm-hmm. Well, and you wouldn't give answers. Right. And, you, and the answers you'd give, mm-hmm. you'd be certain that they were right. Well, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Heaven all, forbid you try something different. Yeah, right. So that becomes a challenge. But the first way opens people up. Mm-hmm. And so when you do this, that's where the magic starts to happen mm-hmm. because now people are willing to throw out ideas, brainstorm help each other, mm-hmm. bring out the best in each other, support each other, go the extra mile. And that brings us back psychologically in our head to the team we've been on mm-hmm. either personally or professionally that's been the best team we've ever been on, right? right? The best group of people, whether it was in school, mm-hmm. whether it was in an activity, whatever, where it was. And the feeling you had, what you could do, the connection. And if you could build that in every single aspect of everything you did, imagine how much more successful you could be, Mm -hmm. right? Well, the reason is you trusted those people Mm -hmm. implicitly. They had your backs. Mm -hmm. You knew they would be there for you. They Mm -hmm. knew you'd go through walls for them and vice versa, right? You set that up. Mm -hmm. So really, there was no impossible goal or anything that you couldn't accomplish, or you would go all in 
and wherever happened, you'd accept it and move on. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Even if it's if something didn't go right, okay, then you learn from it and and you move on. Yeah. You don't do that if you don't create that. Right. And the and, first and, step is through having, is getting to know people mm-hmm. on a much deeper level and understanding mm-hmm. how they tick. Because what happens otherwise is we try to predict, mm-hmm. analyze, and it's like we put the guesswork in teamwork. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is, is that we guess wrong almost right. all the time, mm-hmm. right? We think people want one thing when they mm-hmm. really want another, mm-hmm. but we never ask. Right. And we never dig deeper. Mm-hmm. And that's where mistakes, that's where miscommunications and misunderstandings happen. And that's where they say like 70% of cross teams are dysfunctional, right? Most teams are. And, right. and all people, you know, mm-hmm. business leaders and business owners say that communication, poor communication mm-hmm. is the root cause mm-hmm. of why things aren't going as well as right. they well, and then it makes it really easy when something does go wrong to play the blame game. Because oh, yes. if I don't care about you, I have no problem throwing you under the bus. Um, you know, and, you know, and, 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 and we don't take responsibility, you know, all of those various things. And accountability is key to being mm-hmm. successful. Right. Because then you dig deep into the role you played. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, the other person will. And then you can actually get to the root cause of mm-hmm. what went on. Right. And then you can experiment with it. And Navy SEALs do that after every mission, right? Mm-hmm. They all get together and they ask them themselves a question. What was, you know, our goal, right? Mm-hmm. What was the actual, what was the intended? What would, did we do well? Mm-hmm. What didn't we? And what can we do better next time? Mm-hmm. And even if it went perfect, they you know still improve. Things, yeah, you can still improve, right? Mm-hmm. That's the reason why that they consistently are, you know, one of the greatest right. teams out there, right? Mm-hmm. Because after every mission, every mm-hmm. team does the same thing, right? right. They, they don't deviate. And mm-hmm. it's not about being right. It's mm-hmm. not about being wrong. Mm-hmm. The important thing is, did we learn our lesson? Mm-hmm. What's our takeaway? Mm-hmm. Implementing it and not making it again, Right. Mm-hmm. And that is a critical thing that we can all do in every aspect of business is to be able to sit down and go through that because mm-hmm. that makes us accountable and it requires us to get better, requires us to learn, put forth effort, right? And mm-hmm. that is what makes things go better as a group. But you're not mm-hmm. going to do that if you don't have those relationships with people because you don't care about the accountability. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't care about bringing out the best in mm-hmm. other people. And you really don't care about the business, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't trust the people right. that are around you. And it mm-hmm. all comes down to a question of, do I trust you? And then how much? Mm-hmm. And if it's not a lot, and, it, and the answer is first one's not yes, well, then all of this stuff is really a moot point mm-hmm. because you're never going to be able to create right. the outcomes yeah. that you want, yeah. either personally or professionally. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to be lacking all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you might get it done, but it's, it's not to that next level, you know, and, and, and I mean, and we've all been parts of those teams. Well, we met our goal. I don't understand what the problem is. We met our goal. Okay. Well, why don't we exceed our goal, you know, and, and things like that. And that's a great thing. You know, I was at a conference and someone was talking about, um, I won't mention the company and they were, they, you know, well, uh, sold the company at like $5 billion. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go up and waiting in line and I didn't get there. And I was about to ask the CEO the question. So why didn't the company grow to 10 billion? Mm-hmm. And to see what he said. Right. Because the reality is, is the problem is, is that I, you know, in general, it's probably comes down to culture, mm-hmm. teamwork, mm-hmm. right? Values and the behaviors that are exhibited internally that mm-hmm. it did not allow the company to grow even more mm-hmm than it currently did. Mm-hmm. And those are questions we need to ask and dig deep because those are the things that ends up mm-hmm. the difference, right? Because culture, teamwork, right? That's what executes the business strategy. Mm-hmm. The greatest strategy won't work without mm-hmm. it, right? And so the other thing that's interesting too, for so people are thinking, oh, I'm not sure if this plays out in the real world. They've done a lot of experiments with pilots, with doctors, with nurses, mm-hmm. with teachers, where they put the best of the best together mm-hmm. and they've looked at patient safety, success, you know, client satisfaction, mm-hmm. profit, revenue, 
And very rarely do the best teams actually outperform the teams where one of those people handpicks the rest of the people they work with mm-hmm. based on experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because that experience allows them to trust each other, do things they normally wouldn't do, operate at a different speed. Mm-hmm. So having the greatest brain power, right? So I always tell people this all the time, you can hire the greatest team ever all A players, Mm -hmm. that doesn't guarantee you anything other than having A players. Right. Look at sports. You know, sports is a good example of that. You know, you you get the best quarterback, the best pitcher, the best whatever, doesn't make a difference. Look at the NBA now. Mm -hmm. They had the NBA All-Stars, right, just played Mm -hmm. in a a tournament across Mm -hmm. the world, and they got seventh place. Right. I mean, the... That should never happen. But the problem is, is that they aren't working together Mm -hmm. and the competition's getting greater. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to work exceptionally harder and take a look Mm -hmm. at it. And their commitment level has to be much different Mm -hmm. than it was before. Right. Right. And that, and that's a high bar today for Mm -hmm. everyone to have to do. So Mm -hmm. that's an advantage for every business out there. Really. It's your ability to tap into your people Mm -hmm. and get the most out of it. It's not having to hire the best people mm-hmm. or having people perform at this insane level for you to do great things, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I see all the time, small businesses of three to five people outperform people, 25, 50, 100, or 200 right. people, mm-hmm. right? And it's not, that's not unusual to do mm-hmm. that, right? It may seem like that, but it really isn't if you tap into the potential because most of those are organizations are getting very little out of their people. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think one of the biggest problems is that we settle for average, you know, and, and, and whatever it is in our life, you know, personal, professional, whatever it is, it's like, okay, that'll do That's That's all right. You know, and, and, and yes, that works, but don't we all want to be better? I mean, don't we, you know, and, and whether it's your relationship with your kids, your spouse, you know, whoever, you know, you, you, all of these various things, you know, you want to, yeah, let's be honest, we want to make more money. <laughs> so don't you want to do better job? You know, all of these various things, let's not settle for average. Yes, and but that requires people to be vulnerable mm-hmm. because one of the problems a lot of times with small business owners is that the people who own the business won't get out of their own way. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this happens all the time, right? I have a client here where we're dealing with that too. The person who's number two in the organization is really the person to lead it. Mm-hmm. And the person who owns it is having a hard time stepping away and doing mm-hmm. a role rather than managing the business. But, but the problem mine. is... Yeah, but the problem is actually the numbers don't even work out, but they don't even want to look at that. They're trying Mm -hmm. to interpret it and cast a different net. Mm -hmm. And so often, right, not being vulnerable and not staying open, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what happens, right? You don't really do the best because you're too afraid to actually Mm -hmm. have an honest, real conversation. So you either avoid it, Mm -hmm. hide, or try to Mm -hmm. cast a different narrative Mm -hmm. on what's going. And so these are, these are things that are really critical Mm -hmm. to doing your best work Mm -hmm. and creating an opportunity for everyone Mm -hmm. else to do their best work. Mm -hmm. Otherwise people will leave and quit Mm -hmm. or just come in and treat it like some transactional Mm -hmm. thing that they're doing in their life. And that doesn't serve anyone. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I I was just thinking that, that the, you know, the, the people who are really good, who are really motivated, if they go in and everybody else is, they're going to leave. You know, they'll, they'll stay for a little bit, but when they discover that now nope, this is not, you know, and, 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 and they do, they leave, um, you know, or they lower their standards, you know, which is, is the sad thing. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, everyone working in a small business, you want every person in there to want to be the CEO of a company mm-hmm. and be thinking like that, yeah. right? Because that means they're stepping up, they're mm-hmm. stretching themselves, they're wanting to get better. Mm-hmm. And the best thing for you is actually to have a business where you don't even go there anymore, right. except, mm-hmm. except be essentially chairman mm-hmm. of the board, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's really what you want because mm-hmm. what is that? It allows you to start another business, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that allows you to create something significant in different avenues mm-hmm. and to enjoy things and try new things yourself. But you can't, if you stifle people, mm-hmm. And you're not willing to get out of the way mm-hmm. and let other people mm-hmm. step up right. and really have their opportunity mm-hmm. and opportunity to shine. But that all requires you to do a lot of different things, 
which starts with being vulnerable and honest mm-hmm. with yourself. Yep. And, and trusting that the people yes. you work with are going to do it. Um, you know, and, and so that brings in the, you know, empowerment, all of those words that we hear and we go, mm-hmm. it means actually doing it. Yeah. And you have to create the environment where you get to know them. So you're willing to trust them mm-hmm. too. And that's, that's why you have to get to know all the people mm-hmm. at a really deep level. And today there is no separation between work and home. Right. It is the same. Mm-hmm. And you need to get to know the people and what makes them mm-hmm. tick because they're in your company or you're working with them as a client or a partner. And that knowledge is the key to unlocking that relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and if you don't trust them, if, you know, if you know, all of those various things, then it's time that they go on to something else. You know, do them the service of letting them find something that's going to work better for them. You know, and and you know, and, and of course it, it comes back to what we were saying in the start. Hire the right people to start with, but things change or you know, all these various things. But yeah, if they're not the best person, it go ahead and let them go. It's okay. You know, you're doing them a favor also. You are because the worst people to have in your company which are the hardest people always to let go are the people that perform really high, but mm-hmm. don't buy into the vision and values. Right. They go and, and they, they all, do their job. Yeah. And, and they could be the number one salesperson, mm-hmm. right? but then they do whatever they want and they treat mm-hmm. people like crap mm-hmm. and you let them in there because you're afraid the company's going to fall apart, right. but it will mm-hmm. because everyone else wants to leave. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you have liability or other mm-hmm. things going on because you're an ability to lay boundaries and enforce mm-hmm. them with other people. Yep. Yeah. And either have the person come back in line or not. Mm-hmm. But that requires, again, you to be vulnerable, have mm-hmm. hard conversations, mm-hmm. and create the environment mm-hmm. where you can have that conversation mm-hmm. with that person and other people can as well. Otherwise, mm-hmm. these things happen, and that's what creators' businesses mm-hmm. more than anything else is right. inability to create and foster mm-hmm. the atmosphere and environment mm-hmm. where these things can occur right. and happen. And you know, it comes back to one word. Trust, you know, that that is what it is. And trust is really the glue, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. if you look at Davos, which is arguably the most important conference in the world, Mm -hmm. their agenda this year, the top word is trust, Mm -hmm. right? How do we engender more trust? Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, with stuff with Facebook and taking information and digital things, right? That is popping Mm -hmm. up, but it also is Mm -hmm. across the board in everything we do Mm -hmm. because the precursor. And the question we ask ourselves with any time we interact with anyone is, do I trust you and how much? Mm-hmm. And those two questions run through our head. And they mm-hmm. unconsciously, they do that. And then you filter them into whatever buckets you have. And then you treat them a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't pass the trust test, if they don't pass that sniff test, you're done. There's mm-hmm. no other recovery for you. Right. There just isn't. Rebuilding trust is really hard. Mm-hmm. And it is strategic and it can be done, right? Mm-hmm. And it can be done quickly, but you have to spend a lot of time doing it. It's mm-hmm. just like people may have seen people in their personal lives that have marriages that have gone on the rocks mm-hmm. and then they've made them great, mm-hmm. you know, once again. Right. But the requirement for them to do that was extremely high mm-hmm. and it was consistent. It was a lot of effort, mm-hmm. a lot of emotion, a lot of things were gone into that. Well, mm-hmm. that's the same thing in every relationship, mm-hmm. including business. Right, right. Jason, <laughs> we are at the top of the hour. I still have all these notes, which means we have to have you on again far more sooner than four years from now. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, because, yeah, I mean, we just, we didn't even talk about any of the questions that, that you asked during the game, you know, all of those various things. So we'll definitely have you on again. But in the meantime, how do people find you and, and work with you? Sure, you go to my website. It's uh, jasontroy.com and you can go there as coaching. I do workshops and leadership management mm-hmm. and teamwork and team building. You can get game cards against mundanity there or um book social wealth on amazon and uh yeah and so there's a lot of ways to reach out ask any questions you have from this interview or things always happy i get a lot of questions cool. and and ben, troy is spelled t-r-e-u yeah it's jason <laughs> yes my ancestors came over from germany and austria and they did not change the spelling or the pronunciation because they thought it would be funny right mm-hmm. 
And then I went back over Mm -hmm. 15 or so years ago to Germany and I thought, wow, this can be great. People are going to pronounce my name Mm -hmm. right. And so I walked in the hotel in Frankfurt and checked in and they said, welcome, Mr. True. And I always remember that because then I was really mad and I was like, do you not know this is Troy? Uh And the good thing is I got worked up, but I got upgraded to a suite. So I can't really complain. (laughs) I love it. They were really upset that they did it. So I was, uh, I used it, but everywhere I went there, they pronounced it wrong and I just gave up. I said, if they don't pronounce it right there, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm done. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, what is a final thought you would like to leave everyone with? You know, I think the key thing is you got to invest in teamwork. Mm -hmm. And I think the soft skills and communication and empathy and creative thinking, because that is what's going to separate you out in your business. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, you're going to be left behind because of all the chaos and things that are changing you have to get significantly better in these areas and they're not something people are born with. And Mm -hmm. so I I tell that to everyone because that is the new requirement now is constantly learning and getting Mm -hmm. better in the things that are the hardest for us to work on. Mm -hmm. Great. I love it. Well, we will definitely do this much more quickly than four years from now because there are so many other things that we need to talk about. And this is a very important discussion. You know, I think that's that's one of the, the keys is, you know, we can talk about, you know, building your, your business, direct mail, websites, you know, even interpersonal things. But if we don't have the right team around us, it's not going to matter. Um, personally, professionally, all of those various things. And so how do we get those teams? So Jason, we will definitely do this again. I look forward to it. Great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely fascinating discussion with Jason Troy. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.